Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses. I want to welcome our South Shore, Gulf Coast, online, those of you that are Facebook Live and here at Little Creek. I want to welcome you guys to the very first Sunday of 2019. Come on, can we just welcome all of our campuses? So excited to have you guys. Yes. You know, I love the holidays. I, I tell you guys this all the time. I love everything about the holidays, the Christmas holidays. And I just enjoy it. Of course, Thanksgiving as well. And uh, there's something about the new year. There's something about coming uh, out of the holidays into the new year. There's something unique about it. By the way, I do want to say uh, that I had a pastor on our team that told me that his child, his, uh, I think it was a son or daughter, said this was the longest Christmas break. They actually said, we're ready to go back to school. How many know it's a miracle from God? It's like, it's been forever. You know what I'm talking about? I, we, we still have kids at home. It's like, man, this is amazing. Isn't it interesting during, between Christmas, this is not related to the message, but between Christmas and New Year's, you're not quite sure like who's working or not. Is it half day? What's open? I'm not sure. But boy, when you come into that new year, it's like things are exciting. Man, matter of fact, I saw more people jogging yesterday. I saw somebody, I say this respectfully, I saw somebody literally that, 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 that had, a, I mean, just like a very, like a running outfit on, uh, just shoulders exposed and all, running, and it was like 45 degrees in the morning. I'm just saying, that's a, you always know when people are starting off the new year working out because all their gear's new. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, they won't be here in February. But anyway, so, okay, I'm more positive than that. I, I, I'm uh, there, there is something wonderful about the new year, that new sense of expectation, that optimism, man, things are going to be good this year, you know, happy new year. Something bright about that and festive and exciting and that get your adrenaline rolling in. Matter of fact, I, I'm a big goal setter guy. I teach on that, you know, in our vision series. I think we did a vision series last year. I talked about writing goals and, you know, the expectations, biblical Habakkuk chapter two, write down your goal, make it plain that he may run who reads it, she may run who reads it. That, that goal setting is a biblical, it's in the Bible. It's a biblical principle. And I think that we should have goals in a lot of areas. I think that we should have goals in relational goals, professional goals, personal goals, financial goals, physical goals, health goals. Those are all good. All those are good. And, and I have those and I write them down and I have a place that I put them. Matter of fact, I have my goals and action steps attached to it in my life plan, it's called. And I've taught you guys how I do my life plan. But what's interesting about that is one of the areas that I think that we often neglect, not that any of the other ones are not important, they're all important, but one that I do think that we neglect is our spiritual goals. In other words, how many people, if you really looked at all of their goals, spiritually speaking, what are the things that you are going to do differently this year to have different outcomes? By the way, you guys have heard that. We've all heard the definition of insanity, right? What is the definition of insanity? What? Doing the same things over and over and expecting different what? Right, so that's insane, right? We can't do the same things and expect. In other words, input equals output. What you put in, there's gonna be an outcome attached to that. So here's my question, all right? I wanna pose this. Today's gonna be more of a talk because I want you guys to really think about this. How did you do spiritually 
I'm asking everybody at all of our campuses here at Little Creek, how did you do spiritually in 2018? In other words, did you end up 2018 closer to God, more in fire for Christ, more enthusiastic about the things of God than the beginning of the year? I want to just, just think about that. It's a rhetorical question just to think about. Here's what I wanna do. I wanna help you with some categories because once you understand, you identify where you are, then you can understand where you need to go. It's like if you're lost in the woods somewhere, if you get some sort of a GPS location where you are, then there's a sense of, okay, I know I'm here, I know I need to get there, so now I gotta locate where I am. So here's, here's some categories that I'm gonna give you guys to help you locate where you are, okay? I'm not telling you where you are, you've gotta locate yourself. Number one, how many of you, you don't have to do with the show of hands, but, but how many of you would, if you're honest with yourself, you say, Pastor, 2018, I was somewhat apathetic spiritually. I'm a Christian. I know if I died, I'd go to heaven, but I was just apathetic. Now, it's not that I started out that way. I had good intentions. And I really was, I felt like, man, this was going to be my year, but I just got distracted. There were so many things that came into my life. I just... I don't know, you know, the Bible talks about the cares of life and I just, I just, I didn't engage. I didn't engage in my Bible. I didn't engage in church. I didn't engage in fellowship and small group and prayer. I just, again, it's, it's not that I didn't think about God at all, but I just, I just was somewhat apathetic. There were other things on my plate and God, well, I just didn't make a lot of room for God. That's category one, apathetic. Category number two, not apathetic, but inconsistent. In other words, this person, this whoever's in this category, it's not that, again, you're, all these categories, these people are Christ followers, but they're just, it's the level of intentionality and engagement. I started off great. I was gonna read the Bible through in one year and I was really excited about it. Then I got to March and I was like on Genesis chapter four, that's the first book of the Bible. And I, you know, I tried to pray and pastor talks about prayer and I just got on my knees one morning, you know, and I just put my head down. That's a mistake. Don't ever put your head down if you're gonna pray early in the morning. Are you with me? You'll wake up at 10. Are y'all with me? Keep up, alert, watching and praying, the Bible says. And I really, but I was inconsistent. I'm gonna tell you why I was inconsistent because again, life got busy. And I would like plug in, but then I would, I just, I just, and I tried, I really did make effort, but I just didn't end up where I wanted to be, inconsistent. Third category, passionate. Say, Pastor, I'll be honest, man. I'm not saying this pridefully. I'm not trying to compare myself with anybody else. I'm just comparing myself with the word. But I started off 2019 and I, I can honestly say, or 18 in one place and I can honestly say I grew deeper in love with God, more, I got deeper in the word. My prayer life grew exponentially. I actually, I actually, I engaged relationally. I got in a small group. I went through the growth track. I started using my gifts in the kingdom of God. I can tell you, pastor, I really am in a better place spiritually. Again, there's other categories in our life where you may succeed in, but this spiritual category, but this person says, I really feel like, I feel like the ball went over the fence in that category, spiritually. Okay, if you're in category one or two, all right, category three, 
Add a boy, keep going. Add a girl, keep rolling. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep plugging in. Because what you're doing is working spiritually. But if you're in category one or category two, remember, we want to make a, here's what we want to do. Good coaches do what? They do, they do halftime adjustments, right? So it's still football season. You get in halftime, you go, all right, here's the deal. They're crashing down on our end. We got we to do some stuff. Right, here's, okay, all right, look. They're beating us deep. We got to go in zones. We got to back up here a little bit. Okay, that's called an adjustment. Here's what I want to do. If you're in category one or category two, this is an adjustment so that you can have a different outcome. All right? The number one thing that I've seen as I've walked with Christ 31 years, I've been a Christian 31 years. I got saved when I was seven. <laughs> Don't tell the guests. I'm joking. I was 19. I'm 50. Don't, I can't believe that. But anyway, I know if you're new here, you're like, he's not telling the truth. I am. I am. The one thing that I've learned walking with Christ for 31 years is this. Matter of fact, I'll show you the scripture. Matthew chapter six. Here it is. You guys ready? This is the key. Here is the adjustment. This is the, not a, this is the adjustment, but I'm going to show you how this applies to different areas of our life. Here it is. Number one, Jesus said this. This is one of my life verses, by the way. I got about five or six. You hear me use this all the time because it's, it's establishing heart priority. Here's what Jesus said. But seek, what's that next word? Say it. Notice, you know what we often do? Second, third, fourth, fifth, when, nothing, when I tried everything else. Why don't we just try Jesus? Nothing else worked. How many of you know that God probably needs a different level of priority in our lives? Are y'all with me? If we're, if we're simply trying Jesus when everything else, we've exhausted all of our resources, all of our energy, all of our prayer, we just, well, we'll just try Jesus. No, actually the priority is, should be established that it's seek what? Everybody say it, say it first. Okay, halftime correction, question. Has God been first, first, first? If we're not where we want to be spiritual, we've got to go back. We've got to go back and reevaluate what has the priority of God been in our life. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? God's rulership in the earth. God's way of doing things, his patterns, his principles, the paradigm of how we see life, or the worldview of the scripture. Seek first to do it God's way and his righteousness, to know God, to honor God, and all of these what? Everybody say it. Things professional development, growth and expansion, all of those things shall be added to you. In other words, when God is first, when he is your priority, we chase God and things are added to us. We don't chase things and try to add God to us. Y'all with me? Our priority is Christ. Our priority is to know God. Our priority is to grow spiritually. And God says if we do it God's way, then, then things are added to us. But if we get it reversed, if we're pursuing life and saying, oh yeah, God, can you just help me out every now and then? Oh yeah, by the way, every now and then when I get in a big jam and I've tried everything else and I've tried, oh, by the way, I'm gonna talk to you. But until then, mm, I've got a plan for my life. Are y'all with me? Everybody say, seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God, not second, not third, not fourth. Seek first the kingdom of God. All right, I'm gonna to talk to you today about three places in our lives that I think is important. Remember, input, outcome, how we can input 
to have different outcomes, how we can go from category two or category one and two where we all can end up in category three, that bucket of passionate spirituality, all right? I wanna talk to you about your time, I wanna talk about your talent, and I wanna talk about your treasure. I wanna talk about your time, talent, these three T's, because I believe if we learn to put God first, it'll revolutionize our life. Number one, I wanna talk to you about putting God first in your time. What does it mean to put God first in your time in 2019. You know, time is an interesting commodity. Time is what's called a non-renewable resource. So in other words, once it's used up, it's used up. And I think that we often take it for granted. By the way, we take a lot of things for granted, don't we? We take air for granted. How many of you know you're underwater, you don't have air, you recognize, I need air, it's a big deal, right? We take liquid for granted. We take water. We take, I mean, golly. I remember I was out on a boat one time and we were like literally like all day we we're kind of shipwrecked and all we had, our boat broke down. All we had was Mr. Pibbs. And I say this before God Almighty, I cannot smell a Mr. Pibb today. Because we couldn't drink. We're out in the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, we have, I drank like 15 Mr. Pibbs. I just, it was just, I was just like, don't, if, even the work, why? Because, because water is so precious. We take gravity for granted. Why? You know, you, we, what goes up must come down. By the way, somebody emailed me once, I'm really concerned about pastor. He gets close to the edge. I think he's going to fall off <laughs> of the stage. Let me just say this. And then I, so my assistant gave me, I said, I'm not scared of falling off. That's never going to happen. Then I thought of pride comes before the fall. So I just thought that was cheesy, wasn't it? I'm sorry. So I'll just kind of stay back in 19 just a little bit. We take all these things for granted, but the number one thing we take for granted is time. We don't recognize, that's why the psalmist says, teach us to number our days. Why? Because of time. By the way, I was with two friends yesterday, and it was interesting. I, I, we grew up, went to high school, there's four best friends, Robbie, Vince, Dennis, and myself. We were buddies. We, we went to three different schools, and uh, two went to one school, and, and, and uh, the same school, and we, we hadn't seen one another in a long time. My other friend was in Tampa, and so we met yesterday, and it was funny. I, I'd seen my friend Dennis about two or three times in the last uh, 20 years. It's been about six years since I'd say it. It's funny when you see your friends, and I'm, now remember, my position is unique. As a pastor, I get to confess everybody's sins. <laughs> and you know you do this, and don't try to act so super holy. When you see somebody you haven't seen in a long time, you say, hi, good to see you, and you have to watch your thoughts because we start comparing ourselves. I'm not as chunky as him. Come on, you know exactly. <laughs> don't you even try to act so holy. You know exactly you do that. because we're all expanding in ministry. But anyway, <laughs> so I wear sweaters. I'll go back to my jackets at the end of January. Can I have a witness? Praise God. Expanding ministry. Time. We said, man, where's the time gone? That's a true statement. It's the time has gone. So if we want to put God first in 2019, let me just say this. The number one thing that we need to do is to make God a priority the very first thing in the morning. The psalmist said it this way. Yes, I'm going to press the morning. Psalm 63, 1. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. Not when I go through the whole day, get my, the, the, my brains beat up and finally check in with head, headquarters. But early I'm going to seek God. My soul longs for you. My flesh longs for you. God, I want to put you first. Everybody say it. What? First, I'm gonna put God first in the morning. I'm gonna seek God first. 
not trying to be legalistic. Again, you could spend time with God at lunchtime or at the nighttime or whatever, but I'm going to tell you right now, there's something about the first of the day. I learned something. I went to college. I went to Bible school. Then I actually went to seminary after that. And I learned something in seminary, this big term about the hypostatic union. Hypostatic means what? It's that Jesus Christ is fully God, but fully man. The divinity of, uh, of Christ the divine nature of Christ, but also the human nature of Christ. And this interesting blend of the two. Matter of fact, the first 300 years of church history, there was a lot of church councils, it was called, and all these different councils, and they would try to figure out, is he God, is he man? And they finally came to this realization, this, this, this term, this hypostatic union, that he was 100% God, but he's 100% man. That's Jesus. So when I'm reading the Bible, I have to remember this. By the way, when Jesus did miracles in the Bible, he didn't do them as God. He did them as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. That's why this is important. Mark chapter what? Mark chapter one. This is Jesus. Now think about this. If Jesus Christ in his humanity, if he did this, I want you guys to think about this. I'm pressing in, man. Now in the morning, Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out to a departed, to a solitary place, and there he, everybody say it, he. If Jesus Christ without sin had to pray in his humanity, if he had to check in with his father, how much more do we in 2019? I'm not talking about praying an hour a day or 30 minutes. How about let's start off with five minutes a day? Five minutes a day reading our Bible. Five minutes a day praying. What if you just started there? Don't start, you know, with this long thing. You know, you read some missionary thing. You know, Hudson Taylor prayed four hours a day, and so you try it. Just start with five minutes in the morning. Just there's something about the quietness of the morning. I, I do the exact same thing every day. I make the coffee pot the night before. I do a percolator. And coffee's in the Bible. I don't have time to get in all that stuff. I wake up, I plug in, and I sit in the same chair, I have the same lamp, and I open my Bible. Not this Bible, but I have a different Bible that I, that I, that I like to read, and, 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 I, and I have my life journal. By the way, you need a Bible reading plan. If you just kind of just open up, what am I going to read today? I'm just telling you, you, if you have a plan, it's just like you need a physical plan, you need a financial plan. How many of you guys sit down with a financial plan, and they're like, well, just do whatever you want. No, it's like, okay, where do you want to end up? If you want to end up, okay, this, you have to say this each month, you have to do this. Da, 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 da. It's the same way spiritually. Spiritual growth doesn't happen by accident. Oh, that was, that was, did you get that? Doesn't happen by accident. It happens by intentionality. Everything of growth and life and productivity happens because of intentionality. So I do the same thing every morning. I've been reading my Bible, not because I'm a pastor. I'll read my Bible and spend time with God because I'm a Christian. So number one, the first thing of the morning. Let me give you the second thing. You ready for this? This is all under time. The first day of the week, the believers in the New Testament gathered for church. First day of the week. First day of the week. Now on the first day of the week, pastor, is this like, is it like scriptural, like to gather together? Is that kind of a human convention in an institution based upon, no, the Jews met for years. The Jews had, had, had their time of Sabbath, which is Saturday, right? So the Christians, because of the resurrection, we kind of made it on Sunday, the first day of the week, all right? So the point is, is in the book of Acts, the first book in the, uh, New, the New Testament, the recorded history of the New Testament church, now on the, everybody say it, what's this? First, the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, they gathered together. Listen, there's something about coming together the first day of the week to gather as the body of Christ to worship and honor God. Something about that. There's something about being in the house of God. There's something about being in church, corporate worship, hearing the word. There's something about it. 
And I know that you guys are busy, and I know that everybody's busy, and there's travel baseball, there's this, there's parades, there's Mardi Gras parade, there's Irish Italian, everybody's kissing everybody, then there's gumbo parades, and there's whatever, and then there's all kind of things, there's football, and oh yeah, there's like, it ends up being like two weekends a year that are optimal to go to church. You just have to make a decision. I want to be in the house of God. I want to be around the people of God. I want to be in the presence. There's something about the presence of God. Make it, make it a point, 2019, I'm going to be in God's house. Let me talk to our online audience and our Facebook Live. Okay, we have thousands of people. We're so excited to have you guys here. There are four reasons that we did what, we're, what we, we have live. So there's thousands and thousands of people that are watching. Number one, people in our church, I teach through series. I'll start a six-week series next week. And they would say, Pastor, I'm traveling, and I feel like I've missed out. Can you guys, can we do an online thing so people can stay with us? So number one, Online church and Facebook Live is for people at Church of the King that are traveling that want to stay connected. Are you with me? Number two, it's people that are sick. They can't come to church because they, so they want to stay connected, so that's number two. Number three, it's people around the world that are not connected to our campuses, all right? Uh, number four, it's for people that live close to our campuses and they want to see if I'm weird before they come to church and become part of the church. <laughs> But online church and Facebook Live is not to just lay in your bed and go, let's see what Steve's got to say today. <laughs> Are y'all with me? What about your kids? They're not children's church. What about, our, does this make sense? It's important to be in the house of God in 2019. <laughs> All right, everybody say first part of the day, first part of the week. Now let's talk about this first part of the year. Why do we do praying and fasting? We don't do praying and fasting because we're trying to force God to bless us. You know, like we got his arm behind his back. You better help me. I'm not gonna eat until you do. You know, with me. That, that's not what fasting's about. I'm on a hunger strike till you really help me out. Fasting is about when we temporarily say no to some earthly pleasures in order to focus more upon God. That's it, that's all it is. So, Pastor, what do you do? So this week, I'll do liquids. That's what I'll do this with liquids. I puree steak. Anything that can fit through a straw, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm joking. You know the blenders? I don't even know they have blenders. Like, you know. No, I'm just joking. I'll do juices, water. I mean, I just, I, you know, I drink coffee in the morning because I don't want to have a headache. So if you see me with coffee, oh, Pastor's cheating. No, I'm not. I drink coffee. Usually one cup. And it's, 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 this isn't legalistic. Are you all with me? It's not this legalistic, heavy thing, you know? You have people walking up, you know? I'm like, how you doing, man? <sighs> What's wrong? I'm fasting, I'm so weak. I'm doing this so God will love me more. No, you're weird, and put some cologne on, and brush your teeth. Are you with me? That, that's not what this is about. We're not trying to, that's, matter of fact, the Bible says when you are fasting, make yourself up. That's what it says. Fasting is when you temporarily say no to some things so you can put your, you have more time for God, more time for prayer. By the way, some people, well, Pastor, can I, I can't fast food medically, you know, which is fine, check your doctor, whatever, but, but I can fast social media. I'll say this. It'd probably be harder to fast that than food. <laughs> so the point is just participate at any level, next 21 days, all right? We have prayer here, all the campuses. So everybody say this, first part of the day, First part of the week, first part of the year. 
Okay, that's the commodity, the non-renewable commodity of time. We want to maximize our time in God so we can have, listen, that's inputs so we can have positive outputs and get closer to Christ. All right, number two, the second thing we want to put God first in is this. We're putting God first with our talents in 2019. I'm talking about how to grow spiritually. How do we end up spiritually more vibrant, more passionate for God? Well, Pastor, what does this have to do with my spiritual life? A lot. A lot. Trust me. The fact of the matter is, is that what we do with the gifts and the talents, the abilities that God's given us is very, very important. Christianity is not, is not a spectator sport. It's not. You got to get in the game. And when you get in the game, it elevates your passion for Christ. Let me give you a scripture, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As each one of us has received a gift. Now let me pause right there. I'm gonna break something down for you. Every single one of you at Little Creek, at the South Shore, at the Gulf Coast, Facebook Live, online, all the different campuses, the jails, all the different people that are watching. Let me say this. Every one of you have been uniquely wired and gifted by God with an assignment from God to make an impact with your life in two dimensions. Number one, professionally and in the kingdom. Now, let me press you a little bit. Other people say, well, you know, I'm just, I'm gifted. I'm a good engineer. That's awesome. God's gifted you to be an engineer and you need to use your gifts, talents, and abilities to use that to be the best engineer or the best doctor or the best plumber or the best school teacher. God has gifted you and you need to maximize that. And that's part of you becoming and doing what God called you to do. However, part of your talent should also be used in serving other people, expanding the kingdom of God through the local church. It's not an either or. You talk to some pastors like, man, you got it, to really fulfill the will of God, you gotta quit your job and just be an usher full time. I'm like, that's imbalanced. But Christianity is also not just making money and tithing every now and then and, 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 and just watching. It's leading a small group. It's being involved going on a missions trip. Do you know the fulfillment that comes when you get on a dream team? And I wanna say thank you to the 3,000 people in all of our campuses that are on the dream team. Come on, can we just give it up for all the dream team folks? Let me tell you something, some of my best friends in all the world, when you start using your gifts for God, you start, listen, you start serving people in the name of Jesus. And that's the difference. When you serve people in the name of Christ, that's when you fulfill this. As each one of us has received a gift, minister it to one another. So I'm ministering to one another. So I'm using my gifts professionally to excel professionally. And that's God to be the best engineer, the best doctor, the best, the best. That's, that's God. That brings glory to God. But you also, there's got to be some energy allotment and allocation with your gifts, talents, and abilities to minister to people in the kingdom. There's got to be both. It's not an either or, it's a both and. Does this make sense? This is very important because I'm talking about spiritual vibrancy and passionate spirituality. Because you can't separate your being from your doing. There's an there's a, there's a intrinsic connection between the two and, 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 and you become as you do. It's amazing, this concept. And the more that you serve, let me give you an example. It's like at Christmas when you give somebody a present and it's like, the Bible says it's more blessed to what? than to what? Why is that? Because God has actually created you chemically where there's healthy endorphins that are released 
And it feels good to be a giver. Do you know that when you help somebody in the name of Christ, it's like the apex of all emotion and feels like, yes! You lead somebody to Christ? Are you kidding me? It's amazing. Wow. And you don't have to be a pastor, a preacher, a priest, or whatever. You just, just have to be a, available. It's not your ability, but your availability to God. It makes a difference. So how do I practically engage in this in 2019? All right, this is a practical message. Next week, I'm gonna do the deep theology. We're gonna start a series. It's gonna be six weeks. You take notes, it'll be awesome. But I wanna get you in the game this year, all right? So what do you do? We have four steps of this church. Step one, step two, step three, and step four. Step one, actually today, right after 1130 service at all of our campuses, it's the first step to getting engaged, finding out about the church, how you can connect in the church. I wanna encourage you, if you've not been through step one, there's no better time than the very first Sunday of the year. It's one hour, you get a meal. Like we try to do everything we can to try to help you, what? Get engaged. Next week, step two, step three, step four. I tell you one thing, I, I led Bible study. I never forget Pastor Doug Arman asked me to lead a Bible study. I was a Christian one year in college. By the way, I went to college not to be a pastor, but I was studying, to, I was gonna be an attorney. That's what my dad's an attorney. That's what I was gonna do. So that, that's what I was gonna be. I have a degree in rhetoric, which means nothing. And so I was, and so my junior year, I had this encounter with God where I felt called. So by my senior year, I decided to go to law, so I started, I decided to go to Bible school after that. I used my gifts, I wanted to help people in Bible studies, not because I was gonna be a pastor, it's because it was part of fulfillment of being a Christian. Does that make sense? All right, let me give you this last and final thing. Everybody say time, say talent, and say treasure. Okay, this is important. So I'm gonna end up, remember, input, output. Remember, insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. So I wanna have different inputs so that I have a radical output. There's a, there's a, there's a the, the end game. What is the end game, Pastor? Passionate spirituality next year, December 31st, 2019. That's the end game. So if we wanna do that, we gotta put God first. Three areas, time, talent, treasure. Let's talk about treasure just for a moment. What does it mean? to put God first when your treasure or your finances. What does that, what does that mean? Now let me qualify this up front. I got six, seven minutes and I'm gonna release everybody. Here it is, look up here, everybody look at me. Church of the King is doing fine. We had our best year financially ever. The first week of March, you'll get the annual report like we do every year, we get all that stuff. So, so th what I'm gonna talk about the next seven minutes is not about the church didn't make budget, let's just kind of rev the people up in the beginning of the year. No, this is about how you can be blessed, not how the church. This is, this is important that you understand what I'm teaching. I'll talk about finances in a series that I do in October every year, and it's the third week in October that I talk about the power of putting God first with the tithe. It's one time a year. This message will revolutionize your life. Five minutes. Number one. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 27, please stay with me, this is so important. It says this, and all the tithe, the Hebrew word masar, M-A-A-S-A-R, of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, it's, it's the Lord's. Listen to me. The Bible says when I put God first, what is it that the tithe is the first 10% right off the top of your produce, of your increase, of your resource. That's what the Bible says. Now, I wanna say this. I am very blessed that my dad was a Christian and taught me. My dad taught me how to be a tither. He used to tell me what it means to be a tither and over and above offerings. I was also discipled by my pastor. He taught me the importance of a tithe. 
I was also discipled by a businessman that I worked for who taught me business principles. And I worked for him in a furniture rental company. So I had my dad, my pastor, and a businessman and taught me. I worked for that businessman. I worked 20 to 25 hours a week in college. And I paid for all my own bills in college. I had a scholarship in college. I, I paid for my car. I paid for my insurance. I didn't have a cell phone back then. Actually, I did. It was like a briefcase. You know, there was a, I think it was like, no, I didn't. It was a satellite phone. But, and they taught me the importance of my first 10%. I remember the, the businessman, his name was Willie. He said, Steve, I'm just telling you, man, when you get paid. And I thought, wow, I'm in college. I'm paying all my, this is a big thing. But it taught, just like I wake up in the morning, make my coffee, sit down, read my Bible. It's part of the fabric of who I am. It's the same way with tithing. It becomes part of, I put God first, you put God first, you put God first. Once this becomes part of you and you understand God first, everybody say God first. Time, talent, and treasure. This is so important. Now, I want to say this. Church of the King, we do not apologize for preaching on the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't apologize preaching on the gifts of the Spirit, which we believe all the gifts of the Holy Spirit are available today. I don't apologize telling people that we believe that Jesus is the only way to God. Well, you say that today, and some are, oh, I don't know, it's kind of judgmental. No, no, Bob, Jesus said that actually about himself. So I don't apologize preaching on the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't apologize preaching on that Jesus is the only way to God. And I'm never going to apologize on the fact that when you're a tither, the Bible says you'll be blessed. The Bible says that. Malachi chapter 3. i got two more scriptures. So I'm trying to get you different. The end of 2000. And by the way, the blessing of God is never just financial. You and I all know super rich people, but they're not blessed because they're whole, there's a hole in their soul. There's an emptiness in their life. So I'm not just talking about whenever I say blessing, it's not just financial, but it includes that. All right. It's inclusive, not exclusive. All right. Here it is. Malachi chapter three. I'm talking about learning to put God first in your time, your talent, and your treasure, different inputs, different outcome. We want different inputs. We'll have a radical, passionate spirituality in 2019. Here's what the Bible says. Bring all the tithes, the Masar, the first 10% of our increase into the place that you're fed spiritually, that there may be food in my house and try me. Now let me pause there for a moment. My mom used to tell me something. She's a precious woman of God. She prayed for me to get saved. I got born again uh, 19 years old. But let me just say this. She was wrong about one thing. She used to tell me this all the time. Don't you test the Lord. Don't you, Steve, don't you, you're testing God. You shouldn't test God. You're right. I found out later, 99% of the time she's right, except this one area. The only area in the Bible where God actually invites you to test him is related to the tithe. You know, I'm from Metairie, and my brother, I have an older brother, and my brother thought it was his role in life to torment me, <laughs> to build character, I guess. I don't know. You know, he just, rah, you know, so he would, you know, he'd get all his, so I'd hang around my older brother, his friends, you know, and they, so I was the younger guy that wanted to be accepted by the older guy, so I would do crazy things, you know, jump off a bridge, you know, not the Mississippi River Bridge. But I'm just, you know, just jump into things and just do, you know, stuff, just kid stuff, boy stuff, you know. And I remember one time he wanted me to jump into this thing and I said, oh, I'm not going to do it, you know. And I wasn't like you were going to die, but it was just a little bit high. And, and he told me, he goes, I dare you to do it. I was like, then, then he said, I double dog dare you. <laughs> That's basically calling someone out. Let me tell you what God says. When you bring all the ties in the storehouse, everybody food in my house, I double dog dare you to try me in this. That's what he's saying. It's that strong. What? 
If I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing, you'll not be enough to receive it. In every era, there's blessing. Now, I had somebody say, Pastor, I started tithing. I did it for, you know, a couple weeks. Didn't work. <laughs> what farmer goes out and plants a seed? You got two weeks to produce. I'll come back and see. Are, are y'all with me? The fact of the matter is, is that seed time and harvest, you plant, everybody say plant, and harvest. Same thing with hearing God. You wake up in the morning, you spend time with God, then it grows. You, you, there's, there's, there's an input on our side. We spend time with God, we hear from God, right? We use our talents, we get fulfillment from God, right? We push the ball, we help other people. Same thing with the tithe. It's not, I tried for a month, but just, it didn't work. God doesn't work. What are you talking about? It's year after year, faithfulness, putting God first. Faithfulness, putting God first. Faithfulness, and as you do, listen, I, I went, I'll close this last story. I, I went to a Bible college at Christ for the Nations in Dallas. I went to Tulane Bible College and then went to the Baptist Seminary. And when I was in Bible college, I worked it as a waiter at Tony Roma's restaurant. And they told us the first day of Bible school, if you're here, this is a Bible school and we love you. And we're so glad that you're here. But if you don't pay, you're gonna be kicked out. And so I put my thing on a payment schedule. My parents didn't pay for that. They shouldn't pay. I'm 22 years old. I pay for my car. I pay for everything. Of course I should. So I remember as a waiter, I thought, oh man, I'm a waiter. I'm in Bible school. I thought, whew. And boy, it was tough. I thought it was tough. I thought, man, hmm, I, gotta, I don't want to get kicked out of school. And I remember I would get paid, and it was like the reality of I want to be a tither. I want to give my first 10% to God. And when I did that, every time I was tested, do you know every time you get paid, it's a test? It's like, beep. Do you trust God or not? And I say this by the grace of God, not because of me, because I'm nothing. It was the word of God. I stood upon the word of God. I never paid one late payment. I was able to graduate from Bible school, by the way, and able to build two churches in Mexico, roof churches, to be able to help people. Why? Because God's word does not fail. If we stand upon it, how many are grateful that the word of God is true? I'll close with this last verse. Here it is, honor the Lord. I wanna put God first with my possessions, with the first fruits, not the seconds, not the leftovers. You know, I'll tell you guys this, I, I tithe online. I mean, I have automatic withdrawal. But I wanna say this, there's only one danger of that, which I believe that now 60% of the people give in this church online, which I think is powerful. I do that, all right? But when, I, when the buckets are passed, don't forget to pray and stand upon the word as well, even though you're, automatic, you're, you're, you're an automatic withdrawal. Because during the buckets, I'm like, God, I thank you that the blessing of God's on the tither. I thank you that you're rebuking the devour off of my life. Lord, I thank you for the power of the kingdom of God. The wind, I'm living under an open heaven. Are y'all with me? So in other words, if you give online, which I think is awesome, I do that, all right? I would say that when those buckets are passed, remember this, you wanna join your faith in there and mix your faith, saying, God, I, and claim the promise of God that you're standing on the word. What word? Here it is. Lord, I'm a tither, and you said all my barns will be filled with plenty and my vats will over. Lord, there's an overflow in my life in 2019 because I'm in covenant with you and I'm a tither in the kingdom of God. Come on, do y'all receive that or not? I want you guys to stand. Man, I'm believing big for you. God first, God first, God first. God first, 2019, with our time, with our talent, with our treasure. Lord, we put you first. Let's just come before the Lord. Lord, we put you first this year. Not second, not third, not fourth, first. You're number one. You're our priority. You're our passion. Lord, we thank you for that. Burn that in our hearts, oh God. Lord, we wanna end up 2019 more fired up for you with a deeper spirituality, a deeper passion for you. We wanna put you first. 
or tomorrow morning we wake up we'll put you first first day of the week we're going to put you first we're going to participate at some level at prayer and fact we're going to put you first we're going to use our gifts we're going to put you first we're going to become a tither we'll put you first lord we thank you for the grace the grace of god blessing in our lives lord i I thank you for your people. If you're one of our prayer team, you can come down right now. If you need Christ, if anybody's here, you're not sure about your relationship with Jesus, man, we're here to pray for you. Man, if there's any need in your life, you're hurting in your soul, prayer for healing, whatever it is, man, we want to minister the love and life of Christ to you. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you. Lord, I thank you. I just sense the rising tide of your spirit in this church, in our lives. We're believing for big things, 2019 great and mighty things we're waiting and believing for the Lord to do through our lives Lord I pray a blessing of your people and even as we come back next week learning to hear your voice through your word through your spirit Lord this is going to be the best year of our lives we believe you for that in the wonderful name of Jesus and everybody said